0: This is PFA Conversations presented by the Professional Footballers Association. I'm your host Marcus Furtoft, and welcome to today's episode where we sit down with none other than David Dean. David Dean's visionary leadership and bold decisions have earned him a place in the history of English football. He's most notably known for transforming Arsenal Football Club into one of the most successful clubs in English history most notably by the appointment of Arsene Wenger. But his impact goes beyond Arsenal, as he played a significant role in forming the Premier League and appointing England's first foreign manager in Sven goran Eriksson. In this chat, I discuss with David Dean his leadership style and his approach to building a strong organizational culture. I we'll also touch on the importance of emotional intelligence in business and his recruitment strategy for top talent both on and off the pitch. Furthermore, we'll explore Dean's evolution as a leader and businessman, including his non-negotiables and common misconceptions about being an owner. Please join me for PFA Conversations with David Dean. I would be remiss if I did not mention your relationship and your first meeting with Arsene Wenger back in yes. Highbury 1989, where you subsequently ended up inviting him to a dinner party and, and playing charades. And it's a brilliant story. And, and when I'm aware you've told plenty of times before. I'd be curious however, during that seven year friendship that preceded his appointment at Arsenal, at what point did you come to the conclusion that this man is right for Arsenal?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. I felt there was right from the first time I met him when we were playing that famous game of charades and and I'm not spiritual. But I saw in the sky, Arsene for Arsenal. It's going to happen one day. And at the time, we had George Graham, who was the manager, and we didn't realise that that season we were going to win the league at Anfield in sensational style in the, virtually the last kick of the season. Um, so we were happy, of course, with George. And we actually, not many people realise this, but we had a full start because when George left in 1994, I proposed Arsene to the board of Arsenal. And they rejected him at the time. They said, no, we want an English manager. We want somebody who understands the lower divisions. So we went for Bruce Rioch, And when that didn't work, Arsene by that time had taken himself off to Grand Perseid in Japan, which was a brave move for him, leaving Western Europe, being at Monaco and being successful at Monaco, and then trying his luck going to Japan, which was a bit of a gamble for him, but he wanted to expand himself. And, um, but luckily I kept in touch with him. So when Bruce didn't work out, I I rang up Arsene in Japan. I said, um, Arsene, and I obviously cleared it with the board first. I said, look, if I'm gonna speak to him, we're gonna have to employ him. You're gonna have to say yes. And he said, well, if you can bring him, we'll we'll certainly take him on. So I rang up Arsene and I said, "Um, we've got another opportunity now, Arsene. I'm sorry what happened last time, but we're very, very serious and we'll come and see you in Japan. He said, okay, well, fortunately, I had a good relationship with him. He said, uh, by all means, come across. So I went with a couple of my colleagues and to see him and um, we discussed it and we agreed terms. He actually couldn't come at the time directly because it was just the start of the Japan Japanese season. And he had a break in October. So whereas we were starting in August, he couldn't come till October uh, 1996. So we obviously had to have a a temporary stand in there basically with Pat Rice holding fort until arsene came. I ask partly also
0: because with the benefit of hindsight, looking back, you seem to be able to make these key decisions that were at the time considered rather radical. Whether it was appointing a little known banger or uh, the formation of the Premier League, appointing Svenjaer Eriksson as the first foreign manager uh, for, 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 for England. What, what attributes or experiences can be considered into having that ability yeah. to have that foresight, what, whatever you might call it?
1: Yeah, I have my own personal motto, which in fact, as you know, I go around schools and indeed prisons these days going around giving, but I like to think of motivational talks and always tell my audience I have a personal motto. And my motto is the motto of the turtle. The motto of the turtle is you don't get anywhere unless you stick your neck out. You've got to take a chance. And uh, we did. So bringing in Arsene was a gamble. In fact, the headlines of the paper that day was Arsene who? People didn't know who he was. Everybody knows who he is now. In fact, uh, two days ago, he was actually uh, at the Vatican meeting the Pope. So I think um, everybody knows who he is.
0: What can you attribute that touch or feel to? Because for all your apparent success, you've also been described as by Ian Wright, even as a father figure, was always close to the, to the players and what have you. For yeah. all your obvious business acumen as well, seems that you've, you have that emotional intelligence as well. Where does that play into it all?
1: I think it's probably my family upbringing that I believed, I I, I regarded every player we signed as an extension of my family. They were my children. And I wanted to know all about them to make sure they were okay, that they were settled, they had a nice house, a nice car, that they had, if they came from overseas, they had an English teacher assigned to them, that they were settling down well. And I took a personal interest in all of them. And. Um, and i think that, that that was a warm relationship if they had any problems i would be here my door was always open for the players to come to knock on my door to discuss anything not just about contracts which is always a tense situation but anything else they may have any domestic situation domestic problems because you know you're dealing with uh, young fairly young uh, athletes and you know they need direction from time to time
0: And part of that success that you also had is recruiting top talent, whether that was on the board or uh, on the pitch as well. Um, are there certain characteristics or qualities that you look for for an appointee, say if I were to come across, whether as a player or as, a, as a, an aspiring executive for that matter, yeah. that you look for?
1: I, I'm a great believer, there's, there's an old saying, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. And I think that it's important that when you meet somebody for the first time, you get a positive vibe from them. You can tell whether the chemistry is good. And I felt that obviously with Arsene the first time I met him, I realized there was positive energy between us. And I think that's the same when we were signing players. I used to like to understand their backgrounds, what they're looking for, what their ambitions are, uh, what they like, what they dislike. So we know how to handle them.
0: On that topic then, topic of creating an, an organizational culture, which is a critical factor in any organization across industry, across sectors, besides being deemed crazy at the time when you invested money into Arsenal back huh. in, in 83, how did you approach that aspect of, of, of building a culture and all the way into the success that you had into the, into the early 2000s?
1: I I think much depends on on also the relationship. It's very important. The the biggest decision a board of a football club has to do is to appoint the manager. If you appoint a manager you get on with and you can work with, I think that's that's so important. And I'm afraid the the length of time today in modern football, a manager, a a head coach is less than a year and so we would always try and understand a player what they were like before we actually employed them we wanted to know a lot about their background we did a lot of due diligence on them
0: Otto Rehagel the esteemed uh, coach he said that you have to win short term but plan Long long term and you mentioned there in terms of managing perhaps being given time and what have you in that ever sought balance between the two how does how does one navigate that as a as a chairman as an owner?
1: Yes, it's always a problem because today more than ever before, you judged uh, you, you know the, the, the modern breed breed of owners want immediate success, and that's not easy. It's not as simple as just turning the tap and getting hot water. You know, a team evolves. I mean, if you have a look at the way the Arsenal team is evolving at the moment, I mean, it's very exciting, and um, to get that group together is very very clever management. You manage with stealth. You've got to have, make good decisions. The one word I always use, which is most important in football, is judgment. You know, when, when a manager has to decide, is he going to buy a player or sell a player, he's got to use his own judgment. And he'll be, in the end, that will determine whether he stays or goes, because he'll be, he'll be judged on his results. Well, it's, a, it's a pretty ruthless business.
0: Indeed, a very, very, very tough indeed. Um, and I can only imagine the consumption of that as well on a on an hourly if not minute basis how did you deal with that constant thinking deliberation upon how to run a club because it must be rather testing
1: yeah uh, well firstly you know i'm a fan i think and that's important and it bothers me when you've got owners coming in who don't really understand the game and um, obviously they learn, and there's two, there's two breed of owners these days. You know, one is like myself, a passionate fan who put my money where my heart was. The other put their money in and then their heart follows afterwards. So all of a sudden they become a Chelsea fan or they'll become a Newcastle fan or whatever, right? Because the money goes in front. Now both are okay, don't get me wrong. But in my case, I was I started going when I was seven, eight years of age going to Arsenal so I was a devoted fan so for me to be elevated into the boardroom to be in a position of making a decision was phenomenal for me I mean I it was difficult to understand but uh, well I had 24 mainly glorious years at the club and and that's you know a pretty long time well and Arsenal himself had 22 years mm. at the club.
0: How over the course of those 24 years and, and beyond that did you evolve as a whether it be a leader Businessman, a person itself. What are some of the key lessons you learned on that way?
1: Yeah, I I think you've got to always be a good listener. You've got to understand the other person's problems, what goes on. It's not straightforward at all, more than because you're dealing with high emotion, high octane. Uh, Everybody wants to win and you only get one winner in the end, you know, of a game. We may get a draw, of course, but by and large, you know, it's a win or lose, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you go out there and you want to win the game. And, uh, you know, people, I, I always laugh when people say well, at the end of a speech, may the best team win. They don't really mean that. They want to win, of course they do. So, yes, you, it's all about winning. And uh, that's not easy because everybody you're playing against, they want to win as well. Mm-hmm. So the emotions run very high and you've got to be able to control it and you've got to not try and make emotional decisions, emotive decisions, straight after losing a game because that's, that's dangerous. You've always got to let the dust settle before you even, you know, even talking to the press. and you've got to be very careful how you phrase your words so you don't get overexcited and say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm.
0: What is the most common misconception people would have of, of an owner or running a club, you reckon?
1: Yeah, I think the um, fans think that only a club is easy, but it's far from being easy uh, because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with, you know, it's a results-based game-based business. And the, probably the most misconception is that owners don't care, it's totally the opposite. Every owner is a fan eventually, whether they are a fan initially, but certainly when they've invested in the club they become fans, they want their team to win. and they're putting a lot of money, and I've met many owners who put millions, millions of pounds into football clubs and haven't had one minute's joy or success. So, and for, the fan, for them to get criticized is a bit unfair because in the end, they've been let down by the results, by the coach, by the players, whoever it may be. So I think the owners are up there and they, they are shot at very often when things go wrong. And I think sometimes it's a bit unfair, a bit unkind. But that's, that's the business we're in.
0: As a leader, as a father, as a husband, what have you, what are your non-negotiables? If you're leading people, for example, or leading a team.
1: I always expect respect, and it works both ways. I will always give everybody I'm speaking to the respect that they deserve, deserve and I expect the same in, in, in return. And I also think, for me, I believe, and we're not seeing enough of it these days, or we're seeing less than we used to, is there is, this comes to respect, is about honouring a contract. I think when players are under contract, they've got to be respected. And uh, rather than just leaving because another club offers them more money, and you know, I, it, it, that's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. and uh, that happens more and more these days the players move around there's not enough loyalty to the club and I expect loyalty is probably a big word for me and I know in, in Arsene's case and he could have left and take something like Patrick Vieira Thierry Henry every year we had Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Paris Saint-Germain coming in we want we want Thierry we want Patrick you know and uh, yeah that's tough so loyalty is important to me
0: and lastly you were considered, I mean, absolutely critical to what we see of, of the modern arsenal in terms of the Premier League and, and, and what have you, and with benefit of, of experience and age, so to speak, what advice would you give to, to aspiring executives, uh, even current members who, who look to make that step into the executive yeah. level?
1: I think the first thing is you've got to understand the operation, and I know that well, virtually every week I would go round, whether it's to the box office or whether it was the junior gunners or whether it was to the media and communications department, I would actually go round and see how the other offices were working. I was interested to see, so I would say the person running our junior gunners, how many members have you got at the moment? What about the travel club? How many, how many people we got traveling to Manchester United next week? Uh, you know, I, I'd want to know, I, I mean, was I managing micromanaging? Maybe I was, but I was interested. It was all I wanted to know. I didn't, want to th- I, I didn't want people to think that I wasn't interested in their affairs. So you, as you want to be a successful manager, understand what you're running. Understand that the business today is more complicated than ever before. And it's important you've got the right people in the right places and that you make sure that they are comfortable, that they are happy and any problems they have, they, they, you've got to know about them.